Nyumbani wananaita mixa. Au hi check yule mchina. Wananiangalia juu chini chini juu lakini kama nyinyi hawapati picha. Usijali watu wa mtaa wangu wanaijua kabisa. Wanaisalimia profa. Mambo vipi niaje lazima. Nisamee nabadisha ruga. Ili wazungu waelewe kidogo au kama kawa wataanza vita. Sunajua? <laughs> so they call me a mixture. They can't identify the curls, the brows. Hey, are you Sahar's sister? Come on, guys. It's not that complex of a picture. I mean, people in Flemington know that I'm cleaner than a game of Twister, and if I didn't have to rhyme, I could tell you my story much quicker. See, Maman had to flee. She even swam through a river. And they forced her to run through snow for days and days as they hammered down quicker. They said, of course, your back deserves more than just a blister. Sorry. I forgot to say trigger. See, with the quickness, this just got realer. And now I'm thinking about Manus and Naru, and I'm wondering what they'll have for dinner. So what do we do? We hammer down quicker on one another. All I hear is him, her, them, bicker about one another. And that's when Momon's story becomes like a whisper. Because it seems like we all suffer from that very blister. That's why it's our work to prove that human love is thicker before our souls get sicker. Please, please, can we heal this trigger? Mic drop. <laughs> Do not drop it. <laughs> so, may Saba Sabbat. I think you name school just because it rhymes, like Saba Sabbat. Thanks. I think that's what my parents are thinking. I don't think that's what they're thinking. <laughs> Straight. They like, weren't. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's the story you tell people. Yep. Well, now they know it's a lie. So, uh, where do we start? Mm. Tell us, what was that about? Like... I understood the first part of it because it was in Swahili, mm. but a lot of people may not really understand what the piece is about, especially the first part. And yeah, just tell us a bit more about that piece. Sure. Um, the first line is Nyumbani Wanaita Mixcha. So it translates loosely to at home they call me a mixture. Um, and I think the poem begins talking about identity and cultural identity mm. and how often we're all kind of a mixture of things um, and can't really identify with one specific thing um, just because of the influences around us, like where we grow up, where we're born, where we, where we go to school, who we speak to, who our friends are, who our family is, who our grandma is, like that mix. But then it goes on to discuss that it talks about my mother as a refugee and how it seems that we're all f- suffering from that same trauma and that conflict even though that conflict's in a different country and a different place of the world it has implications here on how we treat each other here and then it just talks about at the end kind of the work of the artist to heal that and to heal the trigger itself like that started all of this disunity and it kind of goes back around 360 because often this disunity is is started by us having this strong desire to identify with certain cultures and certain beliefs, so much so that we take other people down um, for not identifying with the same. 
So yeah. Wow, <laughs> that's a lot of <laughs> stuff like in one thing. I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh, my brain. But you've you you've you've talked about a lot of important things there, and so when you talk about mixed gen like cultural. First of all, could you tell us what you what I am like? Why people think you're a mixture, maybe? <laughs> sure. Just to put things into context. Okay. So, my parents are Persian, so full, one hundred percent. But they left Iran before the revolution, um, and they lived all over the world. So they fled to India first, and then the U.S., and then Brazil. My mom went to Brazil, and then Ooh. Australia, um, and then they lived in Australia for a bit. And they had their first son back in the U.S. And then they moved to Australia again. And then they had their second son in Zimbabwe because they were living in Zambia. But Zambia didn't have that. <laughs> so they had to drive across the border to give birth to my second brother. And then they um, went back to the States because my brother was not well, really unwell. Mm. And then they had their third son. And then they moved back to Zambia. And then they moved to Malaysia. And then they moved to South Africa. And then what? they moved to Lesotho. And... I was born in SA in Joburg, but um, we were living in Lesotho at the time. So they just drove to a better hospital, gave birth to me. Mm. My mother gave birth to me, <laughs> and then <laughs> they all gave birth to me, <laughs> and then drove back to Lesotho. So I spent the first six years of my life in Lesotho, which is a country inside of South Africa, mm. and then I moved from there to Tanzania, which is where I grew up. Um, and so, but then my passport's Australian. Mm. Um, right and so the complexity comes where I kind of only remember TZ Tanzania's home mm. um, but I'm here in Australia and my parents are Persian but I don't really look Persian when people look at me <laughs> um, so it's kind of this mix right yeah yeah so well the first time I met you I actually didn't know what your background was but then I do want to ask because I'm like it's rude I didn't know if it was going to be rude also, we just met in a really strange way. So, <laughs> best story ever. <laughs> beginning of a beautiful have, friendship. I, don't know if we, I, I was just like, is it gonna make things just weird or strange? Uh, yeah, maybe tell us how, tell us your story. Like, tell your side of the story of how of we how met. we met. Yeah. All right, let me tell you what happened. So, it was my first year in Melbourne, and really, yeah, it was like coming to the end of my first year. Oh, yeah, true, in Melbourne, true, true. and. I really missed home. I was really homesick. And I just wanted to speak Swahili with someone. <laughs> I just wanted to <laughs> hang out with someone that spoke Swahili. And just kind of got that aspect of life. But people were a bit cold and resistant. And I was getting a bit bitter about living here. So I closed myself off. And I was kind of like this bitter person. <laughs> um, so I was taking the train to <laughs> Melbourne Central from Newmarket Station. And I see Daisy, right? And I see Daisy and I'm like, she's probably going to blow me off. Like, <laughs> I'm not even going to try to talk to her, whatever. And I'm like, I kind of look at her and I smile. And then I look away and I'm like, that's enough. Like, I've shown my love. Like, that's all that I need to do. And then I'm like, nah, mate. Like, you can't be so bitter. Go go speak to her. I'm like, she might not even be from Kenya, whatever. Or Tanzania, whatever. Mm. Then I see her bracelet. She's wearing the Kenyan <laughs> flag as her bracelet. So I'm like, nah, I know she's Kenyan. Like, <laughs> there's only one country that's that proud of their country. <laughs> Legit, like it's Kenyans. that's how you find Kenyans in like diaspora. <laughs> yeah, legit. You just see the thing. It's like, oh, hey, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if I walked up to you and I was like, hey, 
Uh, I can continue from here. Okay, wait. Let me just tell you Daisy's face <laughs> when she saw me. She was like, who is this girl talking to me? Like, who does she think oh she is? God. Probably some Zungu that went to Tanzania, visited. That's exactly continue. what was going through my mind. So I was sitting on the, tra- on the train stop and I had just missed my train. Mm. And it was, it was one of my last days of uni and I used to have a class from two. So I was trying to catch the train like to go to class after that. And so, yeah, she comes in, she smiles. I'm like, eh, smile back. So I just, ex- that's exactly what I thought. I just knew just some Zungu who went to some African country and just feels friendly. Because that's what Wazungus do here. <clears throat> they just smile at you. And mm. it's like, you really don't have to acknowledge, to smile at me. Like, it's just that fake smile. Mm. Well, it wasn't fake, but like, yeah. My fact, like, I'm fine. <laughs> okay, but then the thing is, May was standing, like, close to where the, you get on the train. But I could see from the side of my eye. She kept looking back and smiling. <laughs> and I just thought, she's so weird. Because I'm who does that? Yeah. And she kept looking, she's smiling. And so I didn't want to turn and like meet her face like when she's smiling at me. But I think we did a few times and I just smiled back. But I was like, oh my God, she's so weird. <laughs> then, uh, then we get on the train and she comes up to me. She's so bubbly and she's like, hi, are you from Kenya? I'm like, you're weird. <laughs> How did you know? Like, I forgot I was wearing the bracelet. And then I think she saw my face. I was like, oh, no. And she's like, oh, I just saw your bracelet. I'm like, thank God. I'm like, yeah, I'm from Kenya. And she's like, oh, I'm from Tanzania. And in my head, I was just like, yeah, sure. That's what they always do. And then the next thing was, do you speak Swahili? <laughs> like, yeah. But then again, I'm just thinking, oh, yeah, she probably knows Jumbo and... Habari, like you know those typical things and she's like me too then she goes into some full-on tanzanian swahili with the accent and yeah i believe you Daisy's face when i started speaking swahili it's like she saw a ghost she's like what is happening and that's usually what the reaction is so yeah i guess that's pretty but i also had that mm. in terms of going back to the piece and you being a mixed gender mm. doing what you were i actually do know like what your background is now because i'm like okay, she doesn't look Indian. Mm. But I couldn't place you. I do want to ask. Like, I actually didn't know for the longest, I think even like maybe a month or two into mm. our friendship, I still didn't know. Mm. Uh, I think until one time you told someone else, like someone else no, asked you. Standing, you and lurking like, in the background. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, but it's pretty cool. That's yeah. how we met and now we're friends. We've been friends since. Yeah. And through that friendship, I met other people and other people and other people. Yeah, you get the idea. Yeah. I was lucky to be a part of one of your plays. Tell us about this play. It was an immersive theater, by the way. I didn't know what that was <coughs> until I did that piece. But yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. So I guess like immersive theater? No, just generally. Generally, okay. Maybe let's start with the twin luminaries. Because okay. that was maybe your most... No, it wasn't your most recent. But then that, that's what I was a yeah. part of. Yeah, okay. So The Twin Luminaries was an immersive theater piece. And so immersive theater is kind of like, okay, if you've ever been to an escape room and you're kind of placed in the room and you have to figure out a way out, it's like you're forced into being in that reality. And that's kind of what immersive theater is. It's like an alternate universe that's alive and real and breathing. So when you enter this world, you're kind of are in the shoes of other people. You're quite literally like, can't escape it. Like virtual reality, but not virtual. It's reality. reality. Yeah. <laughs> so we're talking like it's a bit um, more 3D than regular theater that's on a stage because you're working with all of the senses. You're working with touch, smell, um, sight, 
in the other senses <laughs> I can't think of right now. <laughs> um, so, was your kindergarten <laughs> no. What was, yeah. So, um, the piece was about the lives of the Bab and Baha'u'llah, who were the twin manifestations of the Baha'i faith. Mm-hmm. And the Baha'is are celebrating, like, their 200th anniversary of the birth of Baha'u'llah. Um, so, a group of youth, young people, like, there was 30 of us, um, mm-hmm. who wanted to celebrate their lives as well, decide that we make a play, a Mercer Theatre play, that went through the memories of the lives of the Bab and Baha'u'llah. And it's particularly challenging because these two were two holy figures, mm-hmm. so we weren't allowed to represent them physically. Um, so we had to think of creative mm-hmm. ways to show them without showing them. So um, mostly those people that lived around them was what the story was about. Mm-hmm. And the audience would go through and around and into rooms, and in each room was a memory from their lives that would come to life, and it would come in chronological order. Um, so it ended up being like um, something like 14 shows and each show we're only allowed to take 40 people in at a time because the rooms are kind of small and they have to go on a journey with you. Yeah. Um, so we had something like um, <coughs> 450 people come see it. There's definitely more than 40 people in some time, yeah. like some days. So I think in yeah, total we had 450 to 480 people come through in two weekends. Um, and it was really beautiful for all of us to experience, to share this with other people. Yeah. It was pretty fun. Yeah. I didn't know much about like the Bab and Bahala until really until then. And Same. Me too. I thought it was pretty cool that not everyone who was a part of the play was a Baha'i. Mm. Uh, and we really, like the society we're living in is very divisive in terms mm. of like, oh, we can't do stuff like associated with these people because mm. of those lines like we put for ourselves. But I really enjoyed being being a part of that and mm. just learning more about other, I guess, I don't want to call it cultures, but actually, you know what? Yeah, I did. A lot of Iranian stuff because mm. <laughs> we had like a market scene. It was actually full on Pajir. Yeah. You could feel like you're in, even when you're, when you're acting in it and mm. there was like one scene where we were in the garden and we were acting as gardeners. And I remember, I think it was one person who was like, oh, you're a good gardener. And like, for me, I had forgotten about it. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, what else? It's like, oh, the garden, the gardener of this one. It's like, oh, yeah, true. Gardener. I was a gardener. But then, yeah, you're so in it. Mm-hmm. And then, when, yeah, it was fun. It was, oh, man, my first immersive theater. <laughs> also, I really enjoyed like just speaking out how everything came together. So there's mm-hmm. like the storytelling and then how you said like all the senses are in there and then how the music like, was used to also invoke some emotion and how, like, just we had to improv, of course, for mm-hmm. things like gunshots and we'd use a drum and it would actually create such a huge effect because people would be scared. Mm-hmm. But then they can tell that that drum beat means a gunshot without having to be told, like, yeah. that's what it is. Right. But, yeah, it was pretty fun. Also, the crew was pretty cool. Yeah. Daisy's totally playing down what she did. So she <laughs> kind of, like, worked on all the sound aspects oh, of the play. Um, and so, like, we had scenes in a Persian market. Um, and in this Persian market, we explored different essential concepts, like the equality of men and women and independent investigation of the truth. Mm. And Daisy kind of worked with the soundtrack that was playing in the background of each of these pieces and in the market it pl- itself. So, um, like, looking at actually researching what kind of instruments <laughs> were around at the time mm-hmm. and um, incorporating them in the music. So, And the, ca- the audience doesn't know 
what's yeah. happening. They walk into this market, but all of a sudden they feel like they're in a market and that has everything to do with the sound as well as the set itself. So, Yeah, that's me. Yeah, <laughs> that's your girl, Daisy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what What other projects... What, actually, no. Why did you do necessarily get into theatre? Like, what made you do that particular focus on theatre? Mm. Mm. Okay, so I always bring up film when people ask me this question because mm. everyone's like, film is the future, and I completely agree. Film can reach many, many people. But there's something so um, intimate about other people showing you art. So you seeing a person on stage or you seeing a, another human. Um, there's this connection that can't be made with film. But I do agree that um, 2D theater is kind of dying, like the one on the stage, although people disagree. I think that um, immersive theater is really the future because it allows people to experience things that they've never experienced before. Mm. So when we're talking about the refugee crisis, like almost like we're very detached from the situation because we've never experienced it. We're comfortable. We're in our homes. Mm. We live our lives. We catch the tram. We're comfortable. But if we get to feel what it's like, even for a second, um, and probably not fully, you know, because we know it's just temporary, um, we're able to feel a little bit more. Um, so I think like theater allows kind of like people to feel because it's other humans. Mm. But I also think like the process of making theater needs to change a little bit. So I believe in like co-creating theater. That's when the actor and the director kind of play a role in um, making the art together. So it's stories that are real and alive and are current. Um, so that's the kind of theatre that I like mm. to make. I think that's really an interesting point that you bring about in terms of film being the future and like how theatre is dying. Um, yeah, I didn't know about, about like immersive theatre until yeah. this. And even when I tell people, it's like, oh, yeah, I did this play, blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, it was immersive. And they're like, what's that? Like, it's not, it's not really, no I did, a lot of people don't necessarily know about it. Mm -hmm. But I thought it was really cool because you get to feel all those things. Mm -hmm. And just to swing back to, like, the things you've talked about, like, refugee crisis. We're living in Australia at the moment, which is, <laughs> has a lot of history in terms mm. of diversity and Melbourne particularly is known mm. as a pretty diverse city. Haha, <laughs> 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 diversity, diversity. No? Okay. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> That's a really bad joke. It's alright. We'll let it but go. <laughs> <laughs> Wordplay. <laughs> um but Mike's I don't know, maybe you could share your own experience of it. Mm. My experience of diversity in Melbourne is mm. not necessarily always positive. It's very true that Melbourne's a diverse city. Mm. But what what happens to that, oh, how diversity is being used is mainly being used negatively. Mm. Or in, what do you mean by that? In benefit of someone else. So I was speaking to, I was, I was reading an article that one of my friends wrote yeah. and she was talking about, so she's mixed race mm -hmm. and she's half Jamaican and half Indian, I think. I'm not sure. Okay. But she's mixed, she's biracial. Yeah. And she, it's it's a, it's probably a similar experience for her because people can't place where, where she's, she's from. from, and the question is always, "What are you?" And she's talking about how that's really offensive. I think it's really offensive, also. But 
so she's she, she she's done she does model and she takes photos and stuff and she was working with this agency and one time she went for a photo shoot and they'd only use her when they want to look diverse so they're like oh we have all these white girls we have this we have this oh we need that one token girl so mm-hmm. she was a token girl mm-hmm. when a company wants to look diverse mm-hmm. and the agency is like oh we have someone for you but she didn't realize it for a long time and so she went for this one photo shoot where no one knew how to do her hair <laughs> no one knew Wambu. how to do her makeup oh my <laughs> and it was just really frustrating yeah. because the reason they don't know how to do it is because they haven't there's not enough opportunity mm. for people to be involved in that field for people to know how to do that do you yeah. know what i mean yeah. like the problem is where are those people who know how to work with, for example, I know if I was to go for a set, no one would be able to do my hair if 100. it's not an African person because they actually are not used to handling kinky hair as mine and I'll choose to do it. And that's what she did. Like she, she used to do her own makeup, she used to do her own hair, but then it got really frustrating because it happened all the time mm. and she realized they were just taking advantage of her, but mm. then they played it the other way around such that you think they're doing a favor for you. Mm. So I think that's like one of the stories I've heard um for myself I guess being being in a predominantly white country and like your the realization of that because I came from I came from Kenya where 99% of the population is black if and those white people who are there a lot of them are either there from colonial times or they they're expats um yeah, there's just very few people who've actually grown up there yeah. um, fully. So the interaction of different races wasn't there until I came here. And then being a minority, it's not like something I constantly think about. But then people will do some things and I'm like, okay, I can't tell. Are you doing this because I'm black? Are you doing this because I'm a woman? Like, you know, all mm. those things that all those things that you fit into, all those minori- minority levels that you fit into mm-hmm. stop playing into like i'm not sure what's what's going on at this point and i remember this happened like two weeks ago i was working yeah. and we went to take out the bins yeah and so there's a lady behind me like so our bins where i work are in this alley and so my friend went to get like the other uh bag to trash so i was just standing by the bin i was holding on the bin there's a lady at the end of the alley mm. who was taking a photo of me and i didn't know because i was facing the opposite direction okay and i just happened to turn when her phone was still like up yeah. and i was like and she's like oh that's a beautiful photo you're beautiful beautiful skin and then she ran away i'm like what the hell just happened like Whoa. why do you think it's okay to take a photo of someone without consent yeah and well it was very obvious she was taking a photo because of my skin color because that's yeah. what she pointed out beautiful skin but I felt really infringed as she probably thought like oh it's a compliment you're beautiful and blah blah mm. blah but then I was just like I don't know you I don't know where that photo is going why why do you think it's okay to do that to someone regardless of who the person is yeah. so have you had like any experiences with that yeah or just you people being ambiguous about where you're from or who you mm. are mm. and how you identify as. Mm. Okay, before we go there, I always like to take it back a little bit just mm-hmm. bef- before we get there. Like, why is diversity so important? Like, why do we talk about it so much? And I think the issue is that when we talk about it in this in other spaces, um, I think we're just doing it to be politically correct. 
Yes. But I don't think we understand that it's actually beneficial for society. Yes. Like, let's think about a room. Um, we're trying to solve a problem, okay? You come with certain mindsets. I come with certain mindsets, backgrounds, different ways of looking at things, right? We come up with different ideas. Uh, we solve issues quicker and faster when there's kind of different eyes looking at mm. it, right? Um, and you think about that, like, in terms of even like a garden, okay? Let's look at it. A garden. A garden with one rose. Let's just say a red rose. Okay, beautiful. A red rose is like, okay, great. A garden, it has red roses. Now think of a garden that has many different kinds of flowers and trees and daisies, right? And dandelions. Like so much more beautiful to look at even. But even in terms of like the richness of the soil, hmm. right? There's, it's richer. Um, more fruit is produced. Different kinds of fruit is produced. So like I think we forget to mention that it's for the benefit of society. Diversity is, is for mm. growth. Yeah. Um, and that's the really beautiful part. So I think like when we don't talk about that aspect, it gets lost in, in kind of being politically correct. And then yeah. no one's doing it with sincere motives. Yeah. I think that's one of the hugest problems yeah. is it is it is a beautiful thing. It's like, but everyone's used it, has seen that beauty and seen the greater effect of it, yeah. and then they've used that yeah. to create an advantage for themselves. Mm-hmm. So it ends up, it ends up killing whoever's involved in it, yeah. like the diverse party in it. Yeah, and it's also sad because like these companies that are working with m- majority certain backgrounds of people, or um, even in laboratories when we're talking about the sciences and exploring medicine, mm-hmm. you know. Diversity is so important so that we can solve these issues. Yeah. You know, you're not going to be able to figure it out alone. Um, yeah, that's what I like to think of. Take, take you back to that. Your question was like, if I have experience. Yeah. Would you like to share any experience that you've had? If you've had any. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. You know, like, I think as Which a defense one? mechanism, <laughs> like, you kind of forget them. You're kind of like, yeah, okay, moved on. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, yep, okay, life kind of moved on um it's interesting i don't know i always find it interesting like what this struggle that we all have like we want to say that this is home like we want to say melbourne Mm. is home but then we also want to be able to say that no no i'm also have this background and that's also home and you know like i'm actually also persian like when Uh, i go to persian community i'm like no no no, like i'm actually also persian like so that do do you think that's your biggest challenge like being able to identify one like do you feel like people want you to choose one one home, like, but then not you're like not that. i don't think uh, anyone is like mm. because of even like the internet Ooh. i don't think anyone is Psh. yeah yeah tell us more about that like the internet okay so we grew up a certain place but we're connected to media that's generated somewhere else and that media affects how we interact and act and behave with others mm-hmm. um and so we're also influenced by those cultures of social media. Mm. But whatever, wherever that Instagram page is coming from or that Snapchatter is coming from, they're part of our life. Yeah. So it's kind of like having, I don't know, let's say, you're, like, let's say you follow someone who has, is from another side of the planet, mm-hmm. but you follow them really closely. You watch all of their videos on YouTube. Okay. You spend a lot of time with them. Essentially, you're spending more time with them than you are your sibling. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of influenced by their background as well. I don't mm-hmm. know. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Influence. I, I, my interactions with, I guess, 
well, being here, Melbourne is a really di- diverse also in terms of creativity in mm. itself. So, like, just outside of, like, backgrounds and race and all those other things and culture, it's really creatively diverse. And when I came here, I didn't even know one person. And then now I look up at the people I've met just being in a creative space. Yeah. Just showing up and then having an interaction with someone. It's like, oh, yeah. And just the other day, like, someone messaged me on Instagram. Yeah. Because they had an interaction with a friend of mine that they know. And they're like, oh, hey, I was talking to so-and-so about this. And we just started talking about stuff and trying to plan things with this person that I have no idea how she looks cool. and I'm going to meet her this week cool. but I thought that was pretty cool Beautiful. that you're able to co- like creativity or being in that's it's it's so powerful that it transcends this this conversation yeah, yeah I don't know how to put it like mm. it transcends barriers society, barriers yeah. yeah and you can see it in things like when people come together to make music for peace, like when they redid uh, what's the song "Where's the Love" and yeah. stuff, yeah. like I'm pretty sure not all those artists interact maybe like on a day to day basis. Yeah. But then they saw the need to use their creativity and their art form to make something bigger. Yeah. For them, and I yeah I think that's one thing that I really like about being in yeah. Melbourne that diversity within the creative field and it's like how you can work with people from different fields as well to make something beautiful mm. and that input from different different spaces and different mindsets different media yeah. and how that works together mm. and without each of those things the project cannot necessarily stand by itself yeah that makes sense yeah so that's melbourne's pretty cool yeah. for that for doing that i'm good i was just gonna say i'm very excited this year i'm hopefully want to work on a piece that talks about the conversation between cultures hmm. um and kind of like because we're doing a lot of exploration of culture right um and identity where is the conversation about how these people interact? Like, this is what I'm curious about. Like, how are we, how are we taking a bird's eye view of Melbourne and looking at how human beings interact? Mm. And the piece is going to be centered around oneness. Like, h- how are we connected, you know? If, yeah. we're, if we're not connected, if the society is putting barriers between all of us, how, how are we actually connected? And how are we actually one? Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm still cooking. Mm. But I'm really excited for this year because I think it's a beautiful time to be talking about those things. So you're talking about oneness. I know that's something you mm. invested in, like oneness of humanity and stuff. Mm. But the truth is, it's such a complex idea. Right, it's huge. It's so big because it's a global problem. Like oneness of humanity, equality mm. of men and women and a lot of other things. But what's your approach on, like, how do you think you, uh, what's that word? How do you think you, wow, that word has disappeared. Like, what, what role have you, are you Played playing in, in advancing that, like, oneness, for example? Because I know it's something you're keen mm. on doing. Well, that's a really intense question. Ah-ha-ha. It's kind of like New Year's reflections kind of question. <laughs> what is um, it? Yeah. Okay, so I think like 
uh, oneness of humanity, I don't think we understand it even yet. Mm. We don't know what it looks like. We've never experienced it. Um, I think we can let it kind of bleed into how we make art. So how we are listening to people in a room when we make art. Who we're including in our conversations. What age are we looking at? Like, are we working with young people? Are we working with elders? Like, what voices are contributing to making this? And just by trying to listen to other voices, um, you're, tr- you're, you're contributing to that. You're contributing to building oneness. But then if you're making art that is inspired about the conversation between people and the connection between people, um, I think you're also exploring that oneness. Because we're, like, the humanness is what the oneness is. Like, that we're human. Ooh. But, yeah. But then how you make your art can also reflect whether or not you actually believe in that. And whether or not you want to work towards that. Um, and what, fa- like, yeah. Mm. I guess I'm also trying to understand it myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think a lot of people, because you mentioned like how you make your art and why you do it, because mm. um, I was actually having this conversation with someone yesterday mm. about how sometimes people people hate on other people's stuff. Yeah. Or like, well, it's 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 critiquing. It's not really critiquing. It's yeah. hating. There's yeah. like a difference. Um, but even critique sometimes. But then you're critiquing something just because you don't like that thing. Just you. It doesn't. Just because you don't like something doesn't mean everyone else doesn't. And the point that came across was, so, so when you when you see someone doing something, and the example this person gave us, there's a lot of um, like trap musicians, for example, because mm-hmm. he's into rap music and making J Cole, Kendrick kind of stuff. <laughs> like that. Ele- that's his zone, mm-hmm. and he's trying to make something new. But those are, like, some of his influences. Mm-hmm. And he gave me an example of, like, the Migos. And he was like, I really used to hate the Migos. And I used to hate on their stuff a lot. And he's like, but then I, I started thinking about why do I hate these people? I only don't like them because I think making trap beats doesn't take that much time. The things they're talking about are not necessarily, like... Helpful. Yeah, or they I don't see them as making a difference yeah they're just having fun it's a fun song but then they make so much money and they become they go mainstream Mm -hmm. and a lot of people are really invested in that but then a lot of people who are talking about things happening in society today none pays attention to that but then he 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 took a long time to get to that realization and the thing is everyone's like down to do whatever you want to do like that's you you're the talent, you have the talent and everything else. How you choose to use that is mm. your own, it's 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 your choice. And judging someone for how they do that is not right because your intent is everything. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So finding that intention of I'm making this because I want people to enjoy this or like I want a club banger. Like there are people who make songs that are club bangers and then the next time they're singing about their feelings. Well, Drake. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just oh, yeah. Drake. <laughs> so do you think there's a lot of in theatre, for example, yeah. is there a lot of um that conflict of maybe people making peace? I'm not really familiar with that, but like oh yeah. Intention and people critiquing something because they think it's not meeting some standards. Yeah. Oh man. 
I think that's everywhere. Yeah, it's in theater for sure. Okay. For sure. And I think like um it's in all arts. It's like some people make art for the sake of art. Mm-hmm. And some people d- disagree with that completely because they think that art's for healing or they think that art's for this and art's for that and blah blah blah. Like there's all these arguments. Um I think it boils down to funding. Hmm. I think that people find it frustrating when they don't get funding for a project that they think is useful or helpful and projects that they think that are not useful uh. are getting funding. Um, so I think that's what it boils down to. The artist's battle to live. Wow. <laughs> um, I don't know. So, yeah. I think that's something I've been struggling with as well. Um, it's just like not passing judgment <laughs> on on other else. people's work. Um, mm-hmm. But I think for me it's because I think time is crucial. Like People are in pain. And I'd like to spend my time contributing to that. If I'm comfortable, I'd like to make sure that others are not as comfortable. So it frustrates me when things aren't helping or contributing. Mm. But then you have to realize that life looks different for people. Yeah. And the pathway is different for everybody. So I think it's like, I think you also have to check yourself as an artist. Because as soon as you start doing that, like you're kind of listening to your ego and you're not humbling yourself. Ego. I think like humility in the arts is so important, right? Mm. Like the ego is something that kills the artist. Definitely. Not also work with someone with a huge ego to begin right. with. And they kill themselves because everyone's a competition. Mm. Oof. And and then you feel like you always need to be hustling because you always need to be on top of your game. And then it's because you're fighting something and there's a timeline and you got to fight, 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 fight. And then you treat people around you like rubbish. So what do you, do you make art to? Why do you? Why did you end up like making art? Yeah. Or why do you do it? Okay. I'll tell you a story. Go for it. Um, when I was younger, I was like twelve, thirteen. I had this drama teacher, okay? Julian Annie. Shout out to Julian Annie if she ever hears this. <laughs> She's impressive. She's amazing. She's changed a lot of people's lives. Um, and she put me in a room with like 20 people when I was in seventh grade. And she's like, yeah, you can direct this piece. Direct it. And then she left. And I was in seventh grade and I was directing like some year 12s. <laughs> yeah, like some of them were year 12s. And it was just interesting because she had faith in my capacity. So I learned those skills on the go. Then when I turned about 15, she put me in another room and she was like, yo, can you just deal with this? Like, direct this piece. And I started to enjoy it because I started to love, like, helping others learn to articulate their thoughts and their feelings and create a story. Um, it's kind of like facilitating. Mm-hmm. Then when I turned, when I was in year 12, um, we asked to write the high school play. So she kind of just, like, handed it over to me and a couple of our, my friends. And they wrote it and I directed it. And there was 60, 60 to 70 students that we wow, were directing. Huge. It's huge. And it's from a very young age. Um, and because of her, I had this love for helping others make art. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had this love for theater because in theater, for some reason, I just think it breaks a lot of barriers because you're in the same room for a lot of time and you're learning how to express lines that are plain. They're on a piece of paper, but they come to life because they're combined with your life. Um, and so you're learning how to do that. When you do that, you explore yourself, but you also spare, explore the group. It's just this beautiful, beautiful space, I think. And I think like, um, as we become more and more screen orientated, we're losing 
the connection, the human to human connection that's natural in theater because when you watch it, you're watching humans, mm. but also when you make it, you're working with humans. Um, so I think that it has a special place in transforming society or contributing to it because we can explore certain concepts and issues and stories and tell stories that haven't been told before. We can make it with a mixed group of people with lots of ideas and like, I have quote unquote diverse backgrounds. Yeah. Um, and then we can show it back to an audience and then there's a like there's three processes happening. And when we show it back, the conversation continues mm. and people feel. Nice. So that's why I make theatre, to like connect hearts. Oh. Mm. Good punchline. Thanks, man. It's like after all the story, this is why I make theatre. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Julian Just Annie one more time. She's impressive. Well, Julian Ali. Annie, yeah. you're famous now. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> like 10 listeners. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> but hey, Daisy, have you had a teacher that has changed your life? Like a teacher, one teacher that's kind of like you've really connected with? Mm, let me see. Have I? Like that's such a thing. I think, well, maybe not one teacher, yeah. but I've, I find that in different spaces someone always kind of stands out and shows me something yeah or like f- sees something in me that I didn't necessarily see uh but I do remember <laughs> so after I did I did four years of high school 844 and then went to did two years of BTEC which is an equivalent of like A levels mm. um but when I went back for my form 4 certificate <laughs> So I met this one teacher. I wouldn't say who he is because um, <laughs> negative shout out. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went to so I went to pick up my certificate, and he's like, "Oh hey, this was so we finished we finished high school in November, and this was probably like in June or somewhere. It was like media the next year, and so a lot of people, even people going to public unis, had started uni. Yeah. So I went back to at this time I was doing BTEC already to pick up my certificate and he's like oh hey uh where did you go so he's just following up I was like oh what did you go for because i think i need to pick my living certificate because i just <laughs> dad mistyped my name or something misspelled it and then fun fact my name has a z by the way just so in case you didn't know and then <laughs> so really? yeah it does Daisy i didn't realize it too, like yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it best believe it was a shock to me as well wow yeah i like that Anyway, so he's like, oh, where did you, where did you go, like, to yeah. uni or where were you called? And I was like, oh, I'm actually not in uni. And he's like, why? I was like, oh, I'm doing music. Now I'm trying to explain, like, BTEC, oh, business and technology, and then I'll go to uni. And then he just starts laughing, and it's like, that's a sarcastic laugh. Yeah. Um, if you went to my high school, you know who this teacher is. <laughs> There's only one person <laughs> who can be this sarcastic. And also, he just had a negative attitude towards yeah. music students. Yeah regardless of what form you're in or whatever. Mm. He just didn't... I don't know what music did to him or anything. He just didn't think it was a serious thing. And so he, we always knew. Anyway, so he starts laughing in my face and he's like, you need to get serious. Like, your friends are leaving you behind. And I was like, okay. Okay, I just didn't care. 
But then that comment, if it was someone else in that position, they probably would have taken it some other way. Yeah. And I started thinking about my interactions with teachers in high school and yeah. a lot of it was very discouraging. Yeah. And I remember my four years of high school, I hated that high school. Yeah. I hated those four years of high Sorry. school. And I t- told my mom about it after. But even in my third year of high school there, I wrote a letter. I'm like, I want to leave this school. Because I used to be a top five student. Like, I used to ace everything. But then you come into a high school where everyone was top five in their school. So you're all smart. You're all brilliant. Mm -hmm. But then your report form comes back. If you're number 40 something, it's like, what? I'm bottom 10. And Mm. you need, you don't need discouragement from that point. You need someone to tell you, to like push you and like show you what you're doing wrong. Mm. But there's just constantly people just shouting in your ear, like negative things. And it really sucked out the life out of me. And if you're to tell some people like, oh, Daisy is like, some (laughs) some people wouldn't think it's the same person because those four years, I always say were like four years of denial. And the only times I was happy is when I was doing music stuff or history. (laughs) <laughs> or English. And best believe, those are my top three subjects yeah. in high school. Yeah. And it's just because those teachers that I had, shout out to those teachers, they were really s- supportive and they saw something and they decided to invest in that something that they saw, that yeah. positive thing that they saw. And I did get straight A's in all those three. All the others, let's not talk about it. But, like, but <laughs> I got good grades. But then I hated <laughs> those four years. But then in those four years, I still learned like to be resilient, mm. to keep pushing. Because... I had to. Yeah. And there was so much pressure from outside as well because it was known to be like a good performing school. And so everyone just asked, oh, what school do you go to? I go to blah, blah, blah. Oh, so that means you're going to get an A. And it's like, okay. But then it's just, all, that pressure was really, I didn't realize it for the longest time until I actually left and I started thinking about it. But it was really draining and it pulled me back. But back to the story of this teacher and him scoffing and saying all those bad things. So once he said that and I left, I'm like, you know, if you actually took time to figure out what it is that I'm trying to do and what it is that I'm trying to achieve, you'd understand that I'm doing the best, like I'm doing the what's best for me. And then <laughs> so I went to my high school, I was doing BTEC and they wanted to go and talk about BTEC in my old school, okay? So they needed someone who's done BTEC, who's from my high school. So they came and asked me, they're like, hey, we're going to open school. Okay, yeah. Could you please come with us? <laughs> We'd like to talk about this. Yeah. And I was like, no. They're like, please, blah, 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 blah. I was like, okay, I'll go. But the only reason I'm going is because of those music students or people interested in doing BTEC who actually have no idea what that is. And I went back <laughs> and it was good interaction with people. I think one or two people decided to do it eventually. But guess who I met? Oh, no. <laughs> My very same nemesis. Oh, no way. <laughs> After that. And it was like, oh, hey, what are you doing? And at that time, I was like waiting to come to Australia and do uni and stuff. And I honestly, I just wasn't ready to have that conversation just because I knew it was going to be a waste of my time. He's mm. going to say, oh, I don't know. I just had all these negative things going. And it was like, oh, so what's your plan now? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, I'm going to uni in Australia. Blah, 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 blah. And then he suddenly just started taking me more seriously. And I'm just like, I can't deal with you. Why? But then there's always those people who won't. So when it comes to like spaces, I've found that in a lot of spaces, there's that one positive person. And there's always, there will always be like someone who's trying to 
make things not go mm. exactly how mm. you'd like them to be. Mm. But then that person teaches you something. Right. Yeah. Hardship so teaches you something. It's like, yeah. either way, you're going to learn something. How you're going to learn it yeah. is going to be different. But yeah, these people are put there to kind of teach you something. But yeah, I'm looking forward to meeting this teacher in like, I don't know, in the four future? years. Yeah. It's like, oh, hey, you send do you remember to your me? podcast. Oh. And then you doesn't know what a podcast is. Man, I've talked so much shit. But it's not shit. It's actually true. But anyway. You've no names. It's But it's interesting. Like, maybe we need to also check ourselves that we're not that person in a space. Like, that we're not that negative person bringing somebody down. Oh, yeah. Like, we can always learn something from that. True. Something that I'm trying in 2018 I haven't told you those days. But um, two questions. One, every day, okay? Ask yourself these two questions. Mm. One, how much have you loved today? Two, how much have you served others today? Mm. Those two questions. And I think it changes how you live You live a little bit. I agree. Yeah. Because I think a lot of times people live, out, they don't live outside of themselves. Yeah. And that everything that you do will affect someone eventually because you're not living in this world alone. Yeah. And I don't know if I talked about this story on this podcast. I, I don't think so. But I was talk- I was telling someone how one yeah. time I was coming to uni and I was trying to get on the tram and there's these two people like in front there, but I thought they were getting in on the tram. And so if I missed that tram, I was gonna be late for uni. Yeah. And the only I was there for ten minutes waiting for this tram. Yeah. So I get here on time. But I missed it because the two people in front of me were having a conversation right in front of the door, but they were not getting in on the tram. Oh, no. But I didn't know until the door closed. Okay. And I was so frustrated because I was really trying to understand why you would do that. Like, why are you standing in front of the door <laughs> and you're not going uh, in? Yeah. And let me tell you, they didn't even realize I went to the door and like they didn't even see all of that because oh, no. they were still in their conversation. Yeah. And so I had to walk to uni to make it not even on time to make it so I'm not too late. But, you know, I was telling my, I was so pissed because I'm like, you know, if I knew I was walking, I'd have walked earlier and I'd have been here five minutes before time. Now I have to walk because two people decided to just inconvenience someone else. But then if these two people were conscious of what's going on around them, that would not have happened. Mm. And so the whole walk from Southern Cross to uni, Mm. I was really just thinking about that situation. Mm. Like I was so angry, by the way. I'm Mm. like, I wasn't speaking loudly, but then in my head, I was like having a conversation. <laughs> you were yelling out loud. And I was yelling. I'm like, in your what head. the hell? Like, and that yeah. messed up my morning. Because yeah. I'm just like, when you come, if 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 I had a job interview mm-hmm. and I was late. How would they know? Would I even get the interview? Okay. What if I switch up things? the game? Yeah. What if in that situation, you thought that they're talking about how they just loved, like lost a loved one? Ooh. <laughs> like, what if we just switch it up completely? <laughs> That changes things. And that changes how you feel, right? Yeah, it does. That You would have not been angry at all. You've just been like, man, I feel really bad for them. Yeah. And that's why I think it's even healthier for us. I see your point. Well, even though be, it's so to obvious, to clear, you know the, what they're talking about. They were about. laughing. <laughs> yeah, they were talking <laughs> about that. Like, mm, <laughs> these guys, guys were, were having fun. <laughs> <laughs> you just yeah. ruined it. Yeah. But it was, honestly, yeah. I could tell also other people noticed I was frustrated. Because yeah. when I turned back, I was just like, <sighs> yeah, yeah. Now I have to walk. <laughs> like, I don't mind walking. I wish y'all like, could see Daisy half and puff right now. <laughs> uh, but then I, like, I found myself in really first, 
first of all, to piss me off, you really have to do something. Mm. Like you really have to push me. And it's like you, I don't. You really, really have to push me. And that's how I know that it really, yeah, is a lot. Because yeah. I'm when I'm angry, it's like whoa. Even I shock myself because I'm like, man, you're angry. It's like. I'm angry. It's like I'm still trying to <laughs> understand that myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm still. I'm also not to say that I'm always conscious of yeah. what's going on around me. But you know what? It took that situation for me to realize that yeah. I'm not usually conscious of what's going on around me. Exactly. I think that's what I didn't say eventually. And from that day, actually, yeah. I try really hard to see like to what's just be aware of things me? and how I'm also handling myself mm. and how that could affect someone else later that's really smart and also i went for that workshop oh how's the workshop with erfan on sunday erfan daliri yeah he's great it was really good he was speaking about resilience and emotional core strength mm. um yeah he spoke about a lot of things i don't even know where to start but really beautiful i think what's fantastic about the way that he works is that he doesn't um prepare a speech yeah he um has these things he doesn't even have an idea of what you he wants you to leave with. He just starts and he kind of reads the room mm. and begins. But it doesn't feel, you know, sometimes when things are unplanned and like messy, it doesn't feel like that. Yeah. It felt really natural and connected and um, calm. He's like super calm also. Yeah. And I remember like the other one who was like, he'd really, he's there to help people get to that point where they're able to be at that point of calmness yeah. and for people who come for the workshops to go and share yeah. like what he's doing there with other people which is a good int- like in you can you can see his intent yeah. and like it's very clear and honest and you can share that with other people yeah he's a cool guy yeah his poetry is really good as well yeah one day one day we shall meet oh, just go. oh we've met actually just, yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like. I really love the way that you admire people in their work, Daisy. I think it's really beautiful. Thanks, but I guess it's just like being being around. I I enjoy being around other people doing their stuff because then it inspires me to, I guess, figure out also things that I'm doing. Yeah, and also being trying to also find a way to get myself to doing stuff. Yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. Oh man, being around productive people. Yeah. Yeah. And. I didn't know how to, I guess I had a block <laughs> that I needed to push yeah. down, yeah. To f- but I didn't know how to get to that push down. Yeah. And I actually didn't know it was there. But I really like being in like other spaces and I, I, I like being in spaces that I'm not comfortable with. Like I don't know what's going on. Yeah. And that's no, how that's I got good. keen on like poetry and stuff. I don't write anything. <laughs> But I enjoy sitting there and seeing someone else perform it and talk about things, whatever they're talking about. Um, and also, because you, you get yourself into that space. So you're kind of in a similar space with that person. Yeah. And I remember when I went to like Erfan's last workshop, I was saying to someone, you know when you can read into a space and you're like, everyone who's here, you're sort of in the same mindset. Beautiful. So you're having like 200 or 150 people who are kind of, Wait, to like, some extent, you're in the same wavelength because all of you have decided to come for this thing. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, wow, this is cool. Mm. <laughs> like, all these, a lot of people, well, that time when I went, everyone who was there was a stranger because I, I didn't know anyone. But then just that thought of, oh, we share something in common. Mm. 
and if if when you speak to someone it's like wow i don't know you but i can feel like we we're sharing something and having those elevated conversations with people like as I, i was also telling my friend the other day I'm just tired of small talk. Like I can't deal with people. And this is one thing. If you're listening and you're Suji, you're my friend from another place. She's cutting you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 I'm just joking. It's just I I find it really frustrating when people message you and say, like, "Hi, how are you?" Good. You know that conversation and it goes on it goes on it goes on you speak for however long that conversation goes for and it's over. But the next time it's the exact same conversation. Mambo and i'm just like nothing changed i've 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 told that to someone before and i'm like to be honest it's the same as last time because we are constantly just doing the same thing but also i just suck at responding to messages so i usually tell people give me a time i will wake up at 6:00 and i will call you and i've done that oh, before nice. just because i i <laughs> texting is just so draining and also it it doesn't allow for conversation to manifest into bigger things if that makes sense a lot of times not all the time mm. And just also I think one thing that I've noticed is when you when you're growing and you're moving not everyone is Yeah. But then I don't expect everyone like for my friends I don't expect everyone to move with me necessarily. Mm-hmm. I'd want to. But everyone has their own time. But I'd I'd love for everyone to understand that I'm moving. And that's mm. how I've been able to like not necessary like i try i just don't drop people <laughs> i'm like hey, i'm done Cut with em. you and there are people who will like talk to me after a really long time and i'd forgotten about them but we we still talk but i just find it really difficult when people don't see where i'm at and i'm trying to show them that i'm moving and i'm like okay i need you to support me here yeah. like don't be so closed off on the days you knew a year ago cuz it's not the same person mm-hmm. And if you're not willing to move with who I'm becoming, it's just not going to work. That's interesting. It's also harder when you you've left a space like you left. Yeah. Yeah. I think I understand what you're saying. Yeah. It's 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 a challenge. Weird. It's strange. But I, like also sometimes people just need a chance to to grow as well. Like I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But all you I think okay this is something I've seen not necessarily mm-hmm. just for myself but even speaking with other people that a lot of times you know change is not comfortable change is very mm-hmm. uncomfortable it's hard it's a challenge for you to grow you have to change there's this thing we used to say in high school <laughs> my principal used to say it all the time but you can't do the same thing and exp- uh and expect different results mm. so you can't keep on being the same person forever if you want to become something yeah you want there's no room to become someone better mm. so you need to change some things about yourself yeah you're right or and you need to adapt to the environment you're living in life in melbourne is fast my people in nairobi and in kenya it's super fast you're living by yourself your family is not there you have uni like there's so many things going on and guess what i came from high school mm. <laughs> and it's like boom matupwa Yes. You don't know anyone. Yeah. And then so I had to I, you have to adapt. It's like a new environment. So you have to move with with the place you're in with the time you're in. And it's of course it's different because then if I was home it would have been way way different than it is now. 
but then being in that space has a, has like I've I was forced to move with it. Yeah. But it's good that it happened the way it did because yeah. now I'm at a better place and like I was able to figure things out and however long it took but that was difficult. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And also like having that conversation and telling that to someone and someone's just like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> like what do you mean, "Okay?" It's Yeah. It's also hard to like try and get someone to understand like things are not as easy as you think like like cuz I'm not all the fun. way over here just cuz you see people on Snapchats yeah. going out and I don't know doing all the fun things because yeah. it's fun times hey do you see them crying when they're homesick no you don't yeah. do you see them like struggling with stuff no you don't we only see what you only let the world see what you want them to see yeah but the reality is guys life is fun but there's like other challenges things. and everyone goes through it everyone is dealing yeah man yeah. Yeah, that was me trying to tell you that sometimes I get homesick. <laughs> yeah, Just no, kidding. it's a real thing. Oh yeah, it's definitely real. And it's uh, yeah. You don't get you're not comfortable. Like it's it's not a you know being home. I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, yeah. eh, if I was home, like things you get ASAP. You have a guy for this, gee, who for what? Come <laughs> <laughs> to her, like your phone fixes your phone. Hey. There's something wrong with the car. You know who to call. When I broke my phone, that's when I knew. Eh, things are thick. Cause <laughs> it's like, hey, Anthony, how go? <laughs> oh man, your guy's called Anthony. Yeah, hey, yeah. <laughs> By the way, he's a G. If you need anything, uh, I give you that contact. But yeah, small things like that, or like you're frustrated. It's like, oh, I can call my mom, but then if I call her, she shouldn't help me. As mm. in, or like you have to learn how to manage your finances because you know, even if your parents are sending you money, hey. the transfer will take a long time. Yeah. Like. Kwanza kama ni Friday. Yeah. Utangoja my friend. And Monday if you're in Australia it's Tuesday. Five days. Monday evening. Yeah, anyway, that's life. That's how you adjust and stuff. But it's fun eventually. You get to meet people and do stuff. It's so easy to forget that we need to go through these tests though. Like, it needs to be hard. Does it? Like, okay, let me give you an analogy. Okay, some ways it doesn't. But growth requires challenge and test and um, difficulties, I think. Like metal, right? Mm-hmm. In order for metal to mold and change and grow, mm. um, it needs heat. So if we're kind of like a piece of metal and we want to grow, we need the heat to be molded. And the heat changes the metal. And that's kind of like what difficulties are. Like we need that. If life was e- easy, none of us would change. We wouldn't grow. True. I, I agree with that. Yeah, You Absolutely. do, 100%. I know you. <laughs> I know you do. Experience is the best teacher. That was a <laughs> saying in primary or something. I don't even know. You remember all your sayings, huh? Hey, bro. <laughs> this is when all of them, all of them come, like, play around. Okay, so let's talk about one thing that I know you really like doing, which is working with youth. Oh, uh, oh yeah! Like how your face is like, oh my god, what is this gonna be? I thought she was gonna say food. <laughs> <laughs> well, youth, both. Yeah, you, you cooked mandazis with you youth. Tell us about the things you do with youth in phlegm or in life in general. Generally. All right, so I think like um, youth, young people um, have a special place in the world because they're kind of gearing up to to be. Uh, the active agents 
in all of the places that we need change to be seen in. So I think like if we spend a lot of energy as young people working with other young people, we're able to develop an understanding uh, together of what we want the world to look like. Um, so I run a junior youth group in Flemington and the junior youth empowerment program is a program that allows young people to realize their capacity to contribute to the world. Mm. So it has different elements. There's storybooks and there's service projects and there's sports and there's art. Um, but all of those things help young people either articulate their thought, develop a moral compass, spiritual perception, or just like start to realize their like talents that help that give them a special place in the world to contribute because everybody does have that space. Mm. Um, so the program's great for them, but it's also great for me because in helping them, I grow as well. So for example, like, like in maths, Australians call it maths, right? Like with an S. I have no idea. In math. Math, math, mathematics. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that. Um, if, if you get, if you like learn how to solve a problem, you're good. But then if you, Daisy, ask me to help you solve the same problem I actually learn double about the problem because I'm helping you learn it mm -hmm. same thing with young people if you're talking to them about like what friendship is like what true friendship is mm -hmm. because they're having a fight with their bestie on Instagram <laughs> in some group chat like and snapchat this is all real life there's a snapchat group there's an Instagram group <laughs> <laughs> anyway all of these groups where bullying exists like if you're talking to them about it you're learning 10 times more about it so I'm really grateful for the opportunity to work with young people because mm. I grow from it as well. Um, do you think it's important? Okay, I know the answer to this. I don't know why I'm asking it as a question. Facts. Um, I think it's important for for young people to get involved with positive spaces mm. because, well, the reality is the things that 14-year-olds are doing now, we were <laughs> not doing them. Ask us, like, things. I don't know. We're doing s such different things. And they're exposed to more things now than ever before before and it's gonna keep changing i'm sure our parents are looking at us like oh these children the things they're doing now we want to doing them yeah. they were farming and doing okay that was my parents but like <laughs> you know like it was really different yeah. and having having a positive influence for young people will shape the future if that makes sense yeah but when they say oh the future is in your hands it's literally in your hands yeah. but then we can only change that if we look at youth on a positive side, not as all those negative stereotypes that we have for youth. Rebels. You know lazy. Lazy. They don't know what they're emotional. doing. Emotional. If you listen to like, actually, could you tell us some of the projects that your youth came up with? Yeah. Okay. So um, one of the projects that we implemented was that all right, I live in Flemington. Um, and you know, Demi Park, Demi Meadow Park, like the oval and the basketball court has a lot of like rubbish on it mm. and trash. Cause you know, there's kids playing all the time. There's families, people come through lots of rubbish. And we thought that it wasn't a great atmosphere for young people to be around because it just encourages more rubbish throwing. So the juniors were like, let's, let's clean it up. Let's clean it up. So we spent like a whole day, <laughs> one side of the park, I did the end of the other park mm. and cleaned it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we're like, great, now the environment's clean. But then we had a moment of reflection. And this is them all on their own, right? They're like, all right, it's going to be clean now. But tomorrow, Kesho's going to be exactly the same. Oh, I should say, it didn't last till tomorrow. Yeah, bro, like two hours. <laughs> like literally, right after we were picking up papers, yeah. you could see other people dropping stuff. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, and then they're like, okay, we need to run a class for the young people. Like, we'll get all the young kids together and teach them about recycling and trash throwing. Mm. That was one option. The other option was, like, writing to council and asking for another bin next to the basketball court. Oh, yeah. And then, like, there were other options that we're thinking about or reflecting about. So that's one of the projects that they wanted to do. Oh, that they did. Mm. Um, then they did another project where we had our junior youth group met on the day that Trump got elected in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And they felt a lot of hate. Like, a lot of hate in the neighborhood and just, like, disunity and... People were upset and scared, actually, at the state of the world. And these are young people, right? They're like, what the heck? How did he get voted? Mm. <laughs> you know? Um, and they decided that because there was a lot of negativity, they wanted to spread messages of positivity. And they wanted to turn this, instead of a moment of disunity, to a moment of unity. Unity against racism. Unity against prejudice. Like, against the things that they thought, mm. you know, were being portrayed yeah so they wrote they got together and wrote quotations on pieces of paper like positive ones like so bright is the light of unity that it can illuminate the whole earth or like when you could choose hate choose love like those ones you know what i'm talking about yeah and they wrote like 120 pieces of paper okay and then they went out and they gave them to everybody in the neighborhood that they saw mothers fathers kids cousins like bibis babus Mm. maccas people kfc (laughs) Um, even the cops, like the cops stopped. They're like, yo, we have this thing. They were so cute. <laughs> and you know, like even through when they gave it to somebody, like they sat and had a conversation with that person. And, oh, nice. And they, like, it was, ha- they two of them were happy. And it's like these little things, like you can only start in your own neighborhood. Mm. Um, they're amazing. I, th- I think that's interesting when you pointed out the whole Trump thing. Because I think Australia is really invested, this is one thing I've noticed being here, it's really invested in, in what's going on in the States. Mm. And you see it reflecting on also how people deal with things, which I find interesting. I won't even get into that conversation now. But yeah, there's a lot of, there's a great influence mm. on what happens in the States that happens in Australia. Mm. And I know it happens everywhere, but then like it's just another level in Australia, like even in terms of politics and stuff like that. But anyway... Um, yeah, so I think that's good stuff that you guys are doing in... You're doing it too. <laughs> She's doing it too, Daisy. It's like being really humble right now. <laughs> but I went on like a long break. Same. A long, long break. Same. But yeah, it's 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 pretty fun. It's it, it's it's fun and it's something positive because then you see it reflecting on the youth. Meaningful. Like I remember that day picking trash. Mm. There's some kids who are just chilling and doing nothing and one of their friends was like, oh, I want to join. And then, cause one, like one, one of the kids saw his friend doing it, and he's like, "Oh, I'll join too." So there's power in just positive influence, mm. because the thing is, peer pressure is real, and it can be positive mm. and negative, and negative. And so, if you have more positive influence, well, there you go. You yeah. have positive. It it has a positive effect, and it transcends like all other things, and. We can all work towards oneness of humanity Oofed. and equality. Whoa, whoa. Of men and women. Large statement. Pow, pow, pow. Wow, these sound effects. <laughs> if you're looking for fall effects, you can hire <laughs> <Call> us. us. <laughs> <laughs> we will do a really We're great. 
Yeah, we're amazing. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> we're gonna set up a company. Oh God, did you see um Michael and Dorna's thing? Dormic. <laughs> All right, guys, if you're looking for plumbing mm. or water or electricity help, yeah, man. hit up Dormic. Down Facebook, they have a website domic.com.au they're based in Geelong though but guess what they come to Melbourne all the time so you can holler at them and they're just genuinely really good people (laughs) they're they're like the best people also it's like a couple (laughs) the the woman's name is Dorna the husband's Michael so they called it Dormic (laughs) she probably sent them like a part of this and they'll hear it anyway they're really cool yeah Um, oh and they're good at their job (laughs) yeah they're really Michael's really good at his job Michael goes extreme lengths to his job. Mm. He actually, like... Okay, let's not talk about Sorry. this. Enough advertising. Yes. Yeah. Call they us They didn't sponsor ads. this, this, this <laughs> by the way. <laughs> we just thought it's good to share what our friends are doing. Yeah. And, yeah. So, it was great having this conversation. Thanks, Dace. And we've talked about a lot of things, I think. I know. I never know. Like, until I listen back and I look at it, I'm like, what? One and a half hours? <laughs> And yeah, all of them have been like one and a half hours or something. It's like been that. great chilling with so, you. Yeah, thanks for being here and thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks. And catch you next week with something else. Bye. We don't know what it's going to be. Looking forward to that. Stay safe. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Ed Wilson. Thanks, Ed Wilson. Shout out to Ed Wilson. DJ Iced. <laughs>